What's going on, guys? Uh, Manifest Iron Podcast. Uh, I got two familiar guests with me today. Um, pretty excited about this one. Uh, Matt Engel, uh, the owner of Aesthetic, uh, the record label we talked about uh, in a podcast before and heard his story and how uh, it came about and his passion for the music industry and just uh, being able to help musicians and, and uh just his passion that came about and how his experience in the music industry and his life and everything else got him to the point that he is where he's at today. Uh, and then Nathan, who has podcasted with me five or six times now. Hi. And uh, so I have a feeling this is going to be good, good conversation. We're going to jump right into it. So what's going on, guys? Well, I really appreciated listening to some of Nathan's music right before we uh, started this. It was... Uh Really cool to see uh, and hear what Nathan's working on. And uh, I was thinking it came across a little angry, but apparently it's not anger. It's just intensity, which is way more, I guess, uh, accessible for more people. But yeah. also, like, it, yeah, you come across very, like, you, uh, you've you seen some things and you've experienced some things and you've got some stuff to get off your chest. Yeah, I've been in some, I mean, I've been in some dark places. I think we all have, but... That's like we were discussing. I I try to make music to, you know, stuff that I would want to listen to and and have something that's well-rounded mm-hmm. and, you know, not just have stuff that you listen to a couple times and then you're like, oh, that was cool, and then you're on to the next one. But, you know, stuff that actually has a, a message behind it. But that's still that's fun to listen to. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, like, I try to, just like anything, just, like, lifting or any kind of form of art like the best art is when you put your your body put your soul into it and, and really whether it's in intensity or whatever emotion like behind it all is just just love because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what what I'm trying to spread and and grow just love and and connection even if that is <laughs> you know fucking bitches and getting money <laughs> <laughs> It's all a lot of love, baby. Which, for the record, is not, like, the main topic, I feel like, of your... uh, That's not, like, the main thing that you're talking about. Like, you go way deeper than that. And that's why I was kind of hesitant when you heard that to give it, because it's one of those... Like, the whole EP, ideally, I made it so you listen to it front to back, you know, start to finish, because it, you know, it it kind of evolves, and when you get to the end of it, you kind of see a complete picture Versus if you try to just listen to one song, you know, just one song mm-hmm. at random, then it might give you a kind of a, a certain... Oh, so this is how he is. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. which it might not be. And that's the beauty, because, like, I'm I'm all those things. And that's what I want to try to express, too, because, you know, there's plenty of people that make, like, conscious rap or, like, conscious mm-hmm. music and talk about saving the world and saving the planet. But I also like you know, shit that's hard and that you want to listen to in the gym when you're trying to do, you know, lift some heavy ass weight. Like, you know, when you're getting ready for heavy deadlift, you're not necessarily concerned about the, the bees and the trees. But when you're done and when you're cooling down and you're ready to, to go continue on your, your path in life and hopefully make some sort of valuable impact to society and the environment, then maybe you can pop that on and you know grow a little bit of awareness about the decisions that you're making in your life and in your your 
personal responsibility that you have in making those decisions and how those affect everything and everyone mm -hmm. around you. Mm -hmm. So, And uh, the first song that you played, uh, I've never, the, the only song I'd heard was the, the one that I sent you, yeah. Matt. And so the first song you, you played, uh, you, you know, you talked, uh, you know, Matt doesn't know you as far as, you know, where you're from, where you've been. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've been together long enough to where I know, um, I know about you, you know, hitchhiking uh, to train and living in a woodshed and <laughs> stuff. I mean, you laugh, but you listen to some of the lyrics of that first song that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. and and you hear passion and stuff, and no one that, does, you know, anyone that doesn't know you doesn't know where that comes from, mm -hmm. where you say, you know, there's a couple of lyrics where you're like, I live for this, I would die for this, and... It's yeah. a it's an all encompassing you know you're you're saying something that doesn't have a a physical um, subject to it, but to me like knowing how much you've sacrificed to build your business, you know what I mean sleeping on floors sleeping in a woodshed, uh, not being able to pay for food for mm. you know weeks at a time those yeah. are real things that you've had to deal with so mm -hmm. to sit here and say that it's not relatable or you know. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me saying those no, things dude, because I honestly I think it's a part of your story that should be mm -hmm. celebrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, that was four years ago. Yeah. That's not that that's long ago. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's that's honestly because you know I've I started doing a podcast like my own podcast. I know we had Savage Life and stuff. Um, but then I started doing my own, but it, it just, you know, it just didn't, it's not quite what I want it to be yet. But the, the music for me is kind of that outlet to begin to, to tell that story of, you know, where, you know, some of the experiences that I've had. And then also my, my dream and my, my aspirations for the future. And I think that kind of is what, ends up being showcased when you do have a, a song like that but then the next song is fucking the bitches are getting the money because it's like you know here's the my soul like here's kind of the the depths that i've i've been to and what i'm passionate about but at the end of the day you know my this this dream is is still i want to have fun i mean why why else are we here in this physical form if we're not going to dance a little and laugh a little and have some fun with each other and like still be able to address those serious topics that need to be addressed, but out of love and out of a, you know, the freaking laughing and, and smile on our face and enjoying the process along the way. And that's why even like those, those times that I was in a, you know, I hitchhiked up here and I was sleeping in my buddy's futon and I couldn't afford to eat I had no source of income, and I was just doing whatever I could just to survive, really. Um, obviously, it, when you're in those trenches, it's like it's easy to fall into that trap of, of self-pity. But, you know, I, I, had, I always had that vision in, the, in my, the back of my head, or really it wasn't the back of my head, but it was just it was front and center. It was all I could think about, and that's why I knew at a, at a visceral level that, I needed to to go through those things to become the type of person that I needed to become 
in order to do the work that I'm supposed to do here on this, you know, in this lifetime. So it's like when I look back on it, it's like, yeah, it, on, from an outside perspective, it might seem kind of a, a, a bleak or sad situation, but, you know, it makes me smile in a sense because I know even through the pain or more so because of the pain, like that's what has helped me become and helps me continue to be, you know, who I'm supposed to be and who I am at this at this moment. And that's the whole thing with training and that's what the people with optimal evolution are you know everybody that comes in and trains with us they they realize shortly that like yes we're going to get stronger yes you know we're going to reach our goals but half of what we're doing here is is developing our character you know we're becoming stronger we're not just becoming stronger physically we're becoming stronger in all other aspects and you know tj and tj and i talk about it a lot where we're like, you know, stuff that used to seem like hard or stuff that I used to get upset about or, you know, even when it comes to situations again where it's like, oh, shit, no, I don't know where I'm going to pay. I don't know how I'm paying my bills this month. And it's like you realize that it's just another, you know, opportunity. It's like, you know, how am I going to grow from this situation? And that's what the, you know, the barbell is just our tool that we use to to learn those things. It's like mm-hmm. the hardest thing, the hardest part of my day is the shit that I do voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Like I show up knowing that this training's going to suck, but I came here out of my own will and everything else after that, like, ugh, that's not a big deal because I already did the hardest thing that I could probably put myself through. Mm. So yeah, all, all of it is, I think, it's it's all a necessary part of the of the journey. Mm-hmm. What influences you with all that? Like what? I mean, obviously, there's. I'm curious about your just musical influences, but also what what get what gets you stoked to want to put all this down on a track and. It's really record. it's just a it's a dream, and that's what I you know when I work with people that's the 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 f- most fundamental thing like the foundation is always what's what's your dream and then for me it's it's not putting limits on that dream you know when I wanted to be an athlete I just went all in and said I don't know how I'm going to do it but I'm just going to figure out how I can just be an athlete and you know I tried doing part-time jobs and I've literally I've quit every job I've ever had because I got that sense of this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And even when it put me in situations where I don't know where I'm, I'm now I'm making no income and I don't know how to feed myself. But for me, it was always at, at a, you know, a soul level. It was I'd rather be doing what I love, even if it makes me extremely uncomfortable than to do stuff that I resent or that I know is not going to contribute to moving me for towards my dream even if that means like I'm gonna make an extra buck and I might be a little more comfortable in our you know the way that we've been conditioned to believe and then I mean beyond that it's just creating the 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 values around that dream to 
just make shit happen. Obviously, if your dream is to be an athlete, there's there's certain values that need to be upheld, such as going to bed at a certain time, you know, eating a certain quality food and a certain amount of food and just taking care of yourself so that you can fulfill that dream. And the same thing with music, you know, like we were talking before I showed you, it's something that I've always been passionate about. I've always loved listening to music and then it finally just got to the point where it was like why don't I just try making my own like I know what I like mm-hmm. and why so why don't I just try to make stuff that I really want to listen to that I'm not really hearing from anywhere else and then from there it was just a matter of like all right I've got this dream so what values what things do I need to to do or put into place to make that thing happen and that's kind of more of the, you know, the logical way to to look at it. But, it you know, it's not always easy. Obviously, obviously it's it's a, it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to be an Olympic, you know, caliber athlete. But, you you know, saying it's way different than putting the work in to do it in the same. But I know what it takes to be a an athlete and the amount of work that that entails. And so it's easy for me to bring that over into whatever else that I want to do. If that's music, like I know that I'm not just going to be good, you know, in the studio once a week for an hour. Like I know that it's something that you want to be good at something. It needs to be consistent and you have to make that a part of your structure. And that's kind of like when we first started making the music, it was like that. It was just, oh, we'll get together every couple of weeks and mess around for a little bit. But then over the past couple of months when I decided I wanted to be serious about it, then that's when I knew what I, I need. All right, this needs to happen like every day. Like I need to be practice and practice and practice and practice. And honestly, that's that's really it. I just try not to l- let any self-limiting beliefs hold me back from you know what I want and mm-hmm. what I try to coach people. And you know, when I work with people too, it's. You, you realize it's, it's the dream in itself isn't as important. Like attaining that dream isn't the only reason to have a dream. Like, yes, it's nice to, you know, if I won the Olympics, like that'd be amazing. You know, if I uh, made it big out on the my music career, that'd be amazing. But I know that just like the times when I was sleeping in a woodshed and like all the the, the, the trials and tribulations that I had to go through, that in itself is the biggest kind of uh, biggest benefit of pursuing your dream. It's not so much what you get out of it, but who you become through the process of it. And that's why, again, like I, I allow myself to have the, the biggest dreams that I can possibly conceive of, because I know that even if I, you know, if, if I'm just moving towards that direction, I'm, I'm doing what I need to be doing. And even if I never get there, it's still going to change me mm-hmm. through the, the process of, of attacking and trying to get there. Yeah. And some people would call that naive, you know, like uh, I think I, I see lots of people that fail at um, their quote unquote dreams uh and the first thing they do is start to blame you know different scenarios around them on why it failed or why they failed 
uh, when in all reality, their mental state was never, you know, in the place to pursue that dream in the first place or their passion wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having that mindset, I mean, I don't have that mindset with a lot of things. Listening to Nathan speak, I believe, like I said, I've... I've been with him long enough. I've I've seen schools offer him full scholarships to come down and you know be a, you know weightlifting athlete and design programs around him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he turned it down because it's not what he mm-hmm. it's not what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's still pursuing the same dream as he was pursuing four years ago when I met him. And he walked in here and we had no equipment. Um, and so I think that's a problem. Um, with a lot of people, and it's funny, I was listening to, like, going way back to the beginning of what you were talking about, the three of us all have kind of the same mentality when it comes to, like, what we're all doing at this stage in our life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our stories are also very different, but our stories are definitely filled with, um, you know, like you would consider the bleak, or if you were telling your story to somebody without them knowing you, they would you know, be like, oh, shit, you know, mm-hmm. like this guy's been through a lot or he's yeah. really down on himself when in actuality that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of, you know, our foundation uh, getting to where we are now, you know. And I had a lot of people reach out to me after our podcast and were like, this guy sounds really awesome. I didn't know there was someone around here like that, this and that. And it's like, I've known Matt for a long time and I've known the things that he's gone through and stuff like that. And even the the part, I don't remember if it was in our podcast or not because we talked a lot before, but... I mean, you were at one point going to get into like rental property and stuff mm-hmm. and just sat back and we're like, what is this? It says, I have, I have no passion or I have no reason to do something like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were pigeonholed by the music that you were in and, you know, the industry that you were in and you were leaving the reason why you got into the music industry. That passion for it was the, that flame was dying out. Yeah. So instead of going and trying to find another nine to five job working for another record company or a, you know, a, a, another company doing the same thing you were doing before, you decided to pave your own path, mm-hmm. and you took all the th- pieces of things that you didn't like about what you were doing, and changed those, and flipped it around to make this project that encompassed all the things that you loved about the music industry and how you wanted to help musicians, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Totally. And it's the same thing as me with this place and the amount of money I was making at the last job. I mean, you know, where I was working in the last business and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I didn't even, I left that business without even telling my family. Like, I was just like, you know what, I'm taking this plunge. And and we're, it's been almost exactly a year and I'm not to the place where I want to be yet. Even the goal that I had set to, okay, January 2021, this is where East Race Muscle will be. Um, this is where my coaching will be, this and that. I'm not even there yet. Like, that goal that I set, you know? Yeah. So, to me, that drives me more because uh, in any other job, you either get fired or you, you know, get reprimanded or you look for a new job because you know your time is coming to an end mm-hmm. and, you know, take on the next, you know, uh thing that you don't want to do instead here when something like that happens it empowers you more it ignites that flame more you know okay rent still needs to be made and this is my passion this is my business what do i do you know it's the next step forward right Mm -hmm. so um that's one of the things that i that's why i like talking to both you guys too because that mindset is very similar uh all of our situations are different but the thing that drives us to not be a part of the norm or like i said 
I think some people would use the word naive, mm-hmm. uh, is that we're actually doing what we want to do, doing something that makes us happy and that tests us. Uh, I mean, this, this business tests me every day, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like it. Um, you know, I've met a lot of people through this quarantine thing that told me, you know, they're working from home now and uh, they realize that their nine to five job that they were doing about two and a half hours worth of work mm-hmm. in an eight to nine hour day. And they didn't realize that when they were going to the office every day and they find themselves in this like state of depression or, you know, trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what's wrong and stuff like that. And it's like we're part of this machine and we're supposed to be part of this machine when there are other people out there that I feel like we sh- it's our duty to help um, realize that there's a different path that you can take that has nothing to do with money or business or, you know, anything like that, but your legacy, your happiness, mm-hmm. your soul. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, the only thing that you can take with you when you die is who you've become. That's the whole thing. Like it doesn't matter how much how much money you've made. You know that people are gonna forget about that. They're gonna forget about your your trophies and your your accolades. And but you know who you have become through this life. Like that's ultimately what's going to be your legacy. Which again is why it's it's so important to to have a dream and to to go after that. Even if you have no clue if you're actually going to get to the that end goal or not because the the process of it the you know the 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 treasure is in the journey of Mm -hmm. you know of of the the or yeah the the treasure is in the journey of the pursuit of the dream in itself and the three of us are also i mean for me anyways the main accolade is the lives that we're changing Mm -hmm. i mean all three industries are different ours are obviously similar but even the reason why you decided to do what you're doing is you're wanting to help musicians that might not ne- necessarily have the same resources as, you know, the, the bigger name, the, these people that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd yeah. be able to explain it more. It was just like what you talked about on our last podcast. But that's what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you're, you're uh, coaching them, too. Mm-hmm. You're coaching them, like, I'm going to help you out, but I'm going to coach you. We're going to do this together. We're going to grow together. I'm going to show you how to grow. Yeah. Right? Right. Exactly. And just to go back on what you were saying earlier, Mike, um, just think about how many times we've done things throughout our lives where we maybe had some enthusiasm about it at first for some reason, like, this is a good paying job, or this is uh, just looks like a sexy job. Whatever I'm doing, this looks sexy to the to everybody else, to my little audience, whoever it is. Um, and then you get into it for a while, and then you realize this is draining. Like, I'm just drained. It doesn't do anything for me anymore. It might be getting some attention. It might be paying well. But I'm. But it's because you're you're doing something that's not really in your purpose. You're just doing something because this is, like, because there's, like, few factors in the, involved that make it, like, this is what, this is why I do it. So when you really feel like you're doing something, I mean, you started this, Mike, with, you didn't have people watching you do it. You didn't have a ton of members coming in. And, I think we had 15 right. total at the, when we, you know what I mean? Like and it didn't first... matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like it didn't matter because you were like, this is something that I am so passionate about. And not, it, there's like a passion, but then there's got to be a purpose attached to it. Because again, we can get passionate about a lot of things, but then that passion can die out really quickly. I think we're probably all three like that, where we could be like, this is a cool idea. I'm going to get into this for a while. But then after it doesn't work for a little, for a few 
whatever for a certain amount of time, then we're like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Purpose is like, I don't really care if anybody's paying attention or not, which is, to be honest, that's a hard thing for me, like, to start a record, like, to start anything, but especially, like, starting a record label or something, like, no one's, I, I mean, every day I've got to fight the urge to be like, nobody really cares about this. <laughs> Nobody's really paying attention. There's my, my family and a handful of my friends, and I'm grateful for that. But I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get famous. I'm not doing it. Now, there's still an urge there. Again, we talked about ego the last time, right? Yeah. There's still this desire that I want to be all these things. But I also feel like that's something I got to keep putting to the side. That is not the most important thing. If it is, then this is not, I'm not in the right spot again. I'm doing this because this is what I've been purposed to do. This is what, this is part of my design, my DNA. And so uh, that that's what keeps us going. And I think that's when great work rises to the top, whether people are watching right now or not, eventually people are going to be like, wow, paying, they're going to pay attention to something that's organically yeah. You know, being come manifesting into something, and we talked about that a little bit too. When you're talking about egos and stuff, I mean, in the position that we're in, where we're all the presidents of our domain, uh-huh. um, there's always going to be a back pocket sense of narcissism or ego or uh-huh. whatever. And uh, it's you know, that's a lot of people can fail at that. So, having that, making sure that you are strong willed and realizing, like you said, what passion is, why we're doing this. And it's for the right reason. You, you, that's the best way to keep that at bay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what when I said that in that that song, where like, yes, I want money, and yes, I want fame. Where like, I'm acknowledging that yes, I I I do want those things. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But it's why I think the reason why is what's important. Is a lot of people they want money and they want fame just to be accepted, be, you know, held in a higher light from Mm -hmm. the people around them because they're so concerned with other people's opinions. Yeah. But like with me, when I say that, and I, you know, I think the next line, you know, I want, yes, I want money and I want all the fame, but I don't want status and clothes. I don't want, um, like, cars and hoes, whatever I say, but basically saying like, I don't want those typical things. I, I want to, I want to spread love, give people more hugs, use power for good. And not just because, mm-hmm. um, cause you know, I want to use those that basically the power that comes along with money to have, to be able to do things because in our society, money is a form of energy that can get things done. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fame as a form of having a platform to, to spread the ultimate message to people. And so, like I said, I don't think those things are inherently bad, but it's just why, what's the reason behind it? And what are you going to do with that? Cause mm-hmm. as they say, you know, with, Great power comes great responsibility. That's right. And I think because I don't think a lot of people, this is a bold statement, I don't think many of us are built to be famous. I don't think many yeah. of us are built to be filthy rich. Honestly, I mean, I think I know myself well enough that the more, the older I get, I'm, I just turned 40, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, no, I don't think that I'm designed to be famous. Because yeah. I don't think I'd be able to handle it. Yeah. Honestly, if I got because I know who I am, if I started feeling like I, nothing's going to stop me because I've got enough fame and celebrity in me to let me get away with things or, or just 
think however I want to think about myself, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a not, I'm not going to be a great person to be around for yeah. one. And I'm going to make probably a lot of self-destructive decisions because I'm not relying, I'm, I'm, I'm relying on what other people think about me more than what's true about myself. And mine is, I, I'm right there with you, but my my underlying demons are way different. It, it's even, it, it happens even now, not that I'm famous by any means, but in our industry, I'm very well known. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety and deep state of depression that hits me often, mm-hmm. and then I start to self-deprecate and everything for reasons, the opposite of why somebody should do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, we want to give you this stuff. We want to sponsor you. We want to do this. And then the things that come with that are, man, this dude doesn't do anything to deserve that. Why? I don't understand this and that. And then I believe it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't, though. Like, why, am, why is this happening? And then I start listening to all of that. Knowing how self-aware I am of the situation, I still not feeling deserved of the work that I've put in or the platform that I've built to allow myself and the people around me to accept these things. Mm-hmm. And then I fall into like this deep, you know, state of depression or I'm, my anxiety peaks at an all time high and it takes me a hot second to dig back out of that. You know what I mean? Where do you think that anxiety comes from? Like what do you, like, what is it that gives you the anxiety? It's just the idea of feeling like you've got an expectation that you're just not able to meet. Is that kind of where it, like I'm just never gonna I'm gonna fall short to whatever expectation I feel like is being put on me. I um, is it a little of that? I or? think honestly, I want to ask Nathan. He's known me long enough. What you think? I want you to diagnose me on that. <laughs> well, a lot of that when it comes to things like that, where it's our like programming, especially when it comes to self sabotage and things that, you know, we say we don't want to happen, but they continue to happen, a lot of our unconscious behavior, a lot of that is going to stem back into childhood. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you have to look at, you know, how was my relationship with my parents or lack thereof? Because you and me are are, are similar, and this is something I've been recently getting more into, but it's the, um, like, attachment theory. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people have... You can be, um, if you have an insecure attachment from the, your family or whatever the caregivers were, you know, you could develop an avoidant attachment adaptation, which is basically like, you know, you step away from any kind of confront, confrontation or even when it comes to, to into intimacy mm. is like, you feel, you feel tension because when you were, uh, as you were growing up, when you were a kid, the, the environment was such that um, you, you kind of you had to out of survival, you learn just to just to draw back because I know me and I know where it comes from for me is when I was younger, you know, there was a lot of like, um, I guess, anger, or like that, that feeling that I was always walking on eggshells. Mm. In, in the house where it was like, oh, shit, if I do that, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to do that? If I say this, say that, can't, I can't express myself because I don't want to get in trouble. And so you just learn how to just shut everything down and you just draw inward. And it's like, all right, well, in order to not get trouble, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to be, you know, just in myself, just be this fly on the wall. So you would get, you would get angry because you were tired. You were just constantly living in this state of fear. Yeah, well, it wasn't my anger. It was anger out of, uh, I guess, you know, my my stepdad or my dad that was being like, like I said, that that situation where I felt like I was always on eggshells. So that's just, you know, my personal situation where that 
created an avoidant attachment that I have to become aware of my unconscious behaviors and things that I have to work through. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe a similar or a different situation, but a similar outcome, because I see, you know, there's a lot of similarities between us in the way that we um, react to certain situations. But uh, a lot of that, again, it can stem from childhood. And you just have to, the first step of that, you know, uh, it's name it, blame it, tame it. So first you have to be aware of what's happening. When you see, when you realize those things happening, you can name it like, oh, that's, you know, that's my childhood or that's my avoidant attachment or whatever kind of label you want to put on it. And then you can blame it and be like, okay, well, that's, that's not who I am right now. That's just a conditioned behavior from this thing in the past or, you know, my upbringing or whatever, whatever it might be. It could be a traumatic experience. Um, and then you tame it and it's like, you know, and then that's when you tell yourself like, okay, I, I see, I see how I'm reacting. Um, but I know that it's not me. It's not who I want to be. So I'm going to be thankful for this situation for allowing me to become aware of things that I still need to work on, but I'm going to continue to choose to react this way. And that can be, you know, whatever your, whatever your choice is for that. And it's, it's, it's a practice. It's not something that you talk about once and it's fixed it's a the continual practice of this he's fairly accurate i mean i know like i said i'm very self-aware which sometimes can be a curse but the with the childhood that i grew up with uh and i think burying it for as long as i did until quite honestly until i was 30 um and i'm very you know i'm very open when i talk to people about my my testimonial and things that i've gone through especially in the last I'll be 37, so the last seven years of my life. Um, but uh, my desire to feel loved um, is, I think, innate in the sense that, like, I I don't consciously require it, but I think, like, soulfully I do. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a praise me, lift me up, like, literally the feeling of love. Like, I, yeah. I have to have that. Mm. So, and I put that on everyone that's around me too. I, I think that's why my, you know, my coaching is the way it is. I've never promoted my coaching once, but people see me with my athletes and I put everything organically into them that, as I can uh, emotionally, you know what I mean? And I do the same thing with people around me. I, I like to think that they feel loved when they're around me. And I felt like in, for the longest time that it was my job to do that as much as I can with everyone I came in contact with until I got to the point where I was like, well, how come no, I'm not getting that returned? And even in my relationships, uh, you know, like it was, it was just, I, I, it wasn't the same thing that I think I was deep down wanting, it, it, you know, my, for myself. So in these situations now with like my brand is, is, is expanding as it has, especially in our industry, when something like that happens, that somebody appreciates what I'm doing and wants to reward me for my love of this, like the ESPN event, like I did that for the love of the sport. That cost me thousands of dollars. I made no money off of that. I didn't do it for that. By I didn't do it so that people would praise Michael either. I wanted to do it for our sport, for powerlifting, yeah. right? And since then, the positive sides of that that come out of it, people uh, on the other end of, I guess, the, the, the non-receiving end of that um, – question why that happens or Mike's not this guy, he's not that guy, whatever, this and that, I take that to heart. And then I start to pick myself apart. And 
I'll talk about how terrible of a human being I am, or I'm the world's worst power lifter, or the world's worst coach, or, you know what I mean? Like, pick myself down to the fact that the only thing I'm good at is being a father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can wear you down Yeah. to yeah. not even wanting to walk out of your house. Yeah. So I guess, well, I guess for the listeners, I, I'll, I'll finish, because you might find more value out of this too, but... With the attachment theory, you know, there's avoidant and then there's ambivalent, which is the opposite of avoidant. Ambivalent is where, you know, you may have gotten like inconsistent um, connection as your upbringing. So it's like you're always you feel like you need to strive and do more and more and more to receive attention and connection from other people. And when you're not getting that connection, you feel like, oh, this person doesn't like me or they don't they don't love me. Um, And so you feel like you need to do more, be more, you're not good enough or, you know, whatever the narrative is. But essentially, you're trying to establish more connection. Um, and it's very easy if if any of you guys have a relationship. Um, it's typically, it's after the the first year and a half is when a lot of these things will start to come out, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, why I enjoy my relationship with with Taylor so much is because you know she helps me, and when we help each other, uh, become aware of a lot of these things, and that's why they say, you know, if you're in a deep, intimate relationship, you you don't need to go to church because that's going to be a, a very spiritual practice if you if you approach it that way. Because that other person essentially becomes your mirror that's going to throw all your bullshit back at you. Um, but then the third is the disorganized attachment, which is essentially is like a it's like a mixture it's somebody that maybe they they feel that they want love and they want connection but as soon as it comes their way they're like oh i don't deserve this or i can't do this um and it's like it's at that kind of you've got the the best analogy is you've got the the foot on the the gas and the brake at the same time and like this is usually the the hardest one to work with because you know, a person might not, they might look calm, but on the inside, they're revved all the way up, but they're still in that frozen state because, you know, during their upbringing, that's just how they learned how to react just to, just out of survival's sake. So if anybody can, I'm sure well, most people can identify with any of those. And then obviously there's a secure attachment, which is, you know, 50% is what the statistics show that of people that actually have a secure attachment um but yeah if you're in a relationship it's going to expose itself very very quickly i i I think it's interesting mike i've known you for a long time like we said um one of the things that you share is that you just um the the best way for you to cope with uh wherever you're at is just to kind of be self-deprecating and um that that's such an easy go-to thing for us to do just because it for one it just doesn't create any sense of like hey I'm thinking too highly of myself I'm not I want to keep expectations as low as possible about who I am um but it's so interesting because nobody really thinks that about you nobody's really thinking that like whatever you're self-deprecating about um nobody believes that what you think that you're the worst at this is true you know, like we all probably do it. We all, and it's somewhat, we do it in a, in a bit of a manipulative, like we want 
it's like a reverse psychology. Like, tell me how great I am, and I will. And if I keep myself low, <laughs> then whatever anybody says is going to sound way better. However, they however that feedback goes, and something I always try to tell my kids is, um, in my way of just teaching them humility, is like that humility is not thinking less of myself is just thinking of myself less. Like, I'm not, like, being humble does not necessarily mean um, I'm making myself look bad or making myself, or, or talking poorly about myself or degrading myself or, you know, but it's it's really not thinking about myself at all. Like, trying less to think about myself at all. We all have, we're all leaders, and we're all trying to lead people, what are the people that we're trying to lead need to see from us is not so much that we're degrading ourselves or talk or whatever, but that we're thinking of them, that they are the thing that we're thinking about the most. And like, what are we doing to look out for them? And I think that's what people always want to follow is somebody where they feel like, man, that person will look out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not thinking about himself or she's not thinking about himself so much about how bad they are at this or that. Um, because they're not thinking about themselves at all. They're thinking about whatever needs to be done in this situation. And it's easy for me to say. I mean, it's something I struggle with by the minute. But it's it's something that I'm really trying to impress on my kids. And, and the more I say it out loud to them, the more it hits in my head, too. Yeah. And that's, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson says, who you are speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you say. And I think that's, for me, that kind of sums up what, humility is Mm -hmm. it's like you know for me it's I don't think you can still think of yourself very highly and it's almost a it's encouraged because you know if you continue to think of yourself like oh I'm not shit I suck at this like that thought process is going to continue to manifest in in your actions which is going to manifest in your reality and Mm -hmm. if you if you truly believe that I can never do that I suck at this I, I you know I'm not good enough for that that's what you're going to get. So at that, you know, at one level, I think it's important to have beliefs about yourself of what you want. Like if, you know, if you want to be a great lifter, it starts with the belief that I can be a great lifter or mm-hmm. even better than that because the, the universe is very literal. Mm-hmm. If you can make yourself believe that I am a great lifter, that statement I, ha- I am, and then whatever you put beyond that is very powerful. If you can have that belief, you don't have to go around. It doesn't mean you're going around telling everybody, I'm the greatest lifter ever, like I'm the best in the world. Right. But you let your actions, you let your actions speak for themselves and let your actions be a representation of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you are the best lifter in the world, you don't, you don't have to tell anybody. People mm-hmm. are going to... To see it, if you're the best musician in the world, you don't have to say anything about it. It's um, I think in Arnold Schwarzenegger's his his book, he talked about how, you know, when he first started lifting, he felt like he was a he was a Mustang, and you know he had to continuously, constantly prove himself and like mm-hmm. hey, I'm bigger, I'm better than you. But as he got better and better, he he realized that he could take more of the um, I think he used the Ferrari in the analogy. But when you got a Mustang versus a Ferrari, like a Mustang, like, yeah, it might be fast. Like, he might have got some power in there. But like a Ferrari, 
you know, you could be going 30 in the highway and people, they're not going to try to race you because they know all you've got to do is just, all right, just push on the gas. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fast. Like, I, I know I don't have to prove it to you mm-hmm. that I'm fast. I know I'm good. And so that's kind of the, the same thing. It's like when you become a Ferrari, you don't have to go around shouting it on from the rooftops and mm-hmm. telling people about it. It's just going to exude from that. Right. And I think if you always ground yourself back in that place and, and think about who I am, which goes back to the dream too, it's not so much about what you're doing. It's about who you become, who you are and who you're becoming. Cause that's always going to manifest itself back out into your actions. So if you start from that place, then that's all you have to do. Just continue to, and that's where it can be kind of paradoxical because the best way to help other people is by first helping yourself yeah. and kind of like the whole, you know, they tell you to put the other per- or put your face mask or put your oxygen mask on in the plane mm-hmm. before you try to help anybody else. It's the same kind of concept. If you're trying to give to others by sacrificing yourself, you can only give what you have. If, if you don't love yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, even at a physical level, if you're always tired, you're, mal, you're malnourished, mm-hmm. and you feel like shit, your mental, emotional health isn't great, like no matter how much energy you try to put into other people, who you are by not fully committing and taking responsibility for yourself and taking care of yourself is always going to be manifested into how you're relationships are mm-hmm. with other people so you know in the the system that i've learned and that i teach it and i think i've, t- I've talked about this on here before but it always starts with the i i is the, the center and then it's the we and then it's the all at the outermost center but it always starts with the i because really that's the only thing that you can truly have control mm-hmm. over and doesn't that kind of take it full circle too when we talk about humility and like and talking about purpose, what we were talking about at the very beginning of this, like if you're in your purpose, then yeah, you don't need all the things that like stoke our ego because yeah. we're like, whatever we, whatever that is, that's fine. But I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not even yeah. thinking about what this, how this is fueling me in that sense. I'm taking care. I'm, I'm taking care of my, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I've, I'm doing it. And now I'm just looking out into the we, like you said. Yeah, That's and that goes back to the the money and the the fame again. It's like because mm-hmm. when you are so invested and you feel like you're in line with your purpose, all of that stuff can just come as a as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. But usually, people are so invested in trying to acquire all of these external things, and then you know if and when they do, that's why there's plenty of people that have tons of money. But, you know, they're, they're, they're miserable mm-hmm. or they're, you know, they get they're start doing drugs and get addicted to substances because they f- they found that they got to the top of the ladder. But they were so concerned with all of these external things and trying to look good for other people. And they never really found what they felt good with mm-hmm. in themselves, yeah. even if that didn't make as much money. But when you start from that place, then no matter what happens, as long as you're on that path a purpose, you know, you can be the same thing. Like when I was basically when I was homeless and when I wasn't eating, like I wasn't, yes, it, it was uncomfortable, but I, I had a sense of, of purpose behind where, where it. Where you want, where and you were that, going. Yeah. And that was a constant fuel. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when you have that, then you can, again, which is why it's so important to, to have a dream for yourself, because when you have that vision and when that vision can act as your North Star and your purpose, then it doesn't matter so much about all of these external events because you know the direction that you're heading. Even if you've got to go through some, you know, booby traps and some obstacles and challenges along the way, you're more likely to see those through because you know where you're going, where you want to go and where you are going. That's great. Yeah, guys. Um, so we're out of time. Um, that was, uh, as always, good conversation. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing this again with both of you guys, especially when we have some more time uh, and stuff like that. So do you guys have anything else before we sign off? Album drops 129, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank you, uh, Matt, for coming on again. I know it was rushed, and we had a hard time getting our schedules to line up and stuff and, and talking to Nathan and, and listening to his dream as well. Um, it's all we can do for one another, uh, mm-hmm. and support each other, and, and you know use our dreams uh, to help others' realities. So, yeah. um, I'm and, glad we got to, to yeah. sit down and, and talk a little bit. So yeah, for sure. Um, With that, I will let you guys go. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Subscribe and share. Uh, As always, love you guys. Love you. Peace.